and welcome welcome to this podcast recording or whenever you listen to it it is live it is two mama bears uh, featuring Jacqueline Ann she is a beautiful mama bear known as mama J and she has some beautiful stories to tell to share with us today I am so honored and delighted to be her sister, be um, a sister on this path with her. We have we met at the first time in the jungle in Peru, <laughs> and we had this amazing, amazing connection where we didn't even realize that, you know, spirit divinely intervene and interwoven our lives in such a creative way as spirit does. Um, we are both single mama bears and have been on the spiritual journey, very similar um, stories, very similar experiences in our walk, which has been, um, that that's just how you know your soul family, when you could just can like connect and mesh with somebody. And as soon as I met Jacqueline, I just, I just knew I needed to just know her, get to know her. And, and once we did start talking, it was just this immediately sisterhood flow. And um, yeah, so, you know, Jacqueline, I want to welcome you here and whatever it is that you feel guided to share. Um, one of the questions will be, what is your um, mama bear care go-to remedy um, and what is it that has inspired you on your sacred path? Mm. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so very much for um, seeing me and um, opening up this beautiful space to just come and share my heart and some of my story. And yeah, you know, um, we did our 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 meeting was so divinely aligned just meeting in the jungle the way we did and going for walks and talking about our lives and our journey and how parallel they were it was just so incredible like you meet people and you connect with them but it's very rare that you meet somebody who's close in age to you has been a single mom who's gone through the gauntlets of single parenthood right mm -hmm. and like being in relationship and then not in relationship and just all the moving parts of life and just having somebody who can like reflect back to you like yeah it's you know it's very rewarding being a mother but there are so many difficulties that go unspoken as a mother and um you know, I don't like saying suffer in silence, but it, it kind of is as a single mom or as a mom in today's society, because we we work and then we take care of the house and we take care of the children and the sporting events and the doctors and dentist appointments and just all the things that come with raising a child. And often we put our own self-care on the back burner mm -hmm. so often. And I used to be that person where I, I put myself last and I didn't really take care of myself. I was always busy taking care of my husband or my ex-husband and my, my child and my stepchildren and just doing all the things. And self-care wasn't really a thing 
mm-hmm. in my world. And now <laughs> I love self-care. Like I am the queen of self-care. And self-care isn't just bubble baths and lighting candles and reading books and getting your favorite beverage. It's sometimes just as simple as taking a pause and going for a walk. Or mm-hmm. sitting in the grass and laying down and looking up at the clouds or um, sitting under a tree and playing a flute or a drum that you carry with you, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it is that um, speaks to you in those moments. And sometimes it's just sitting in silence, mm-hmm. you know, no children, no phone, no work, <laughs> no nothing. And just being quiet and just being with your thoughts and reminding yourself like to love to love right. yourself, you know, that self-care is all about, um, you know, fully embodying all elements of ourselves, emotional, mental, mental and physical. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's really um, in today's society, I think a lot of the self-care is looked upon as what we eat and if we work out and are we doing yoga Mm -hmm. and the bubble baths and the cute candles (laughs) and like you know it's really become a marketing tool this day and age and there's so much more to self-care than that Mm -hmm. you know you and I met in the jungle but the year before well not even the year before that six months prior to meeting you I had went and taken myself to the jungle to work with our teachers um, by myself. Yeah, yeah, I remember that you sharing <laughs> about that. And I was just like this brave, courageous woman going to the jungle by herself with, you know, and, and those that um, are, are just tuning in and you don't know Jacqueline. Jacqueline ha- is legally um, declared or has been is it legally? What, what is blind. the proper term? Okay. I am I am a blind woman is a, the proper way to say that. And I, I actually, let me rephrase that. I am a woman who is blind. Okay. Um, that is the correct term. So I am blind. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got that term right. Thank you. And just, you know, to off, you know, a rivery on that, we, we want to make sure that we're speaking correctly to, you know, people that have disabilities and, you know, and or, you know, those that we have to correct ourselves in, in these um, ways and formalize ourselves in these, these ways of correction. Um, and the medicine path teaches us that. They, it teaches us how to be corrected, um, how to, you know, ask, you know, for that correction, for permission as well. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, l- learning and hearing about you um, and knowing that just how courageous you were to step out into the jungle, legally blind or, or you know, officially blind woman uh, traveling by yourself in the middle of the jungle. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that just like blows the lid off of anything. You think you have limitations? Oh, my God. Meet Jacqueline. You know, <laughs> it's just like she will blow any t- sort of limitations that you think you have. It's like she's surpassed it. That's how I feel when, you know, when you, when I heard that story, I was just like, wow, if, yeah, this is incredible. Um, so thank you. And if you would like to share anything about that, um, yeah, feel free. 
Thanks, Heather. Yeah. So there's so much to share and I I know spirit's going to guide me and what to share and how to share it. Um, I have something called retinous pigmentosa. It is Mm -hmm. a genetic uh, degenerative disease that uh, affects the cones and rods of the retina. And it's this super long explanation. You lose your peripheral and you lose the ability to, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Like light sources, like bright sun, light low, uh, low light in the house. Like your your eyes aren't able to adjust to light anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose depth perception. You lose color saturation. There's like so many things that happen. I also have edema of the eyes as a side effect, cataracts, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on. So it's it's not super linear. It's different for each person who has RP because there's over 200 types of RP. So it's a super complex genetic disorder, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning things about it myself as I'm still losing vision all the time. Mm. I'm constantly lose like yesterday a part of my vision fell out of my like being able to see wow um and I was really pissed off about it and Mm. um I was having a really really tough time with it because like here I am I'm going to the jungle I'm traveling the world trying to see Mm. all the things and the stuff and as those little bits fall away from me it feels like time is literally being ripped out of my hands. Wow. So it's, um, it's really, it's, it's really, um, and I say bittersweet because there's some, there's so much magic in being an unsighted person. There's so much gratitude. I walk with every day, being able to see the clouds, Mm. being able to see the leaves, not like the rest of the people can, but in my own way. It also gives me a way to not look at a whole picture, but just little bits and details of a picture. So I actually feel like sometimes I absorb more of what's going on around me mm-hmm. because I'm able to look at little things in the picture and pick up the small details that somebody else might miss. Right. So that's just a little a little blurb about um, what it is. I'm, I've recently started walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last several years, and I'm I'm starting to do it more um, where I wasn't before at all. Even though I had the training back in um, August of 2020, it's been two years, and I'm I'm walking with my cane about 30 percent of the time when I should be walking with it 100 percent of the time for my safety, for my security, because it gives me the ability to lift my head up and not watch where I'm walking, but instead to see the world around me. Right. Um, you know, my, my, my caseworker, when I was learning to walk with my cane, said to me, you know, I'm really surprised how well you're doing with what limited vision you have left. And blindness um, isn't linear. It's not either you have vision and you don't. Blindness is a spectrum. Right. And um, quote unquote, legally blind is when you have 20% or less of your field of vision with corrective or contact lenses. Um, even if I wore corrective lenses, even if I wore contacts, they, it doesn't help my visual field mm-hmm. to give some, you know, some kind of like under, understanding, understanding of what it is that I, um, 
how I see the world. Right. So, um, like, if I were to maybe uh, give this, like, um, people a visual and, and let me reverberate it's some of the things that I'm understanding, it's almost like looking through, um, like, a door hole, right? And it's mm-hmm. like you could only see that circular yes. amount almost. And see. Yes. And okay. and the thing about it is, is what I can't see isn't blacked out. A lot of people are like, oh, so it's just black where you can't see? No, it just doesn't exist. Okay. It's like this magical world that doesn't exist. It's just How, space. It's just space. It doesn't exist in my field of vision. Like, it just doesn't, it's not there. Right. Um, wow. um, and, you know, I mean, I had my socks knocked off when I went and seen this team of doctors at U of M. Um, they just you know, the pictures they were showing me, what I see compared to what the rest of the world sees. Like, I remember just being completely gutted and like blown mm. away and just cried for days afterwards. Mm. And I'm just like, ah, and here I am years mm. and years later, um, dealing with the grief and the sadness and going through depression around it, but also not letting that be the thing that stops me from going out into the world and living my life. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, after some of the restrictions post COVID, uh, I went to Ecuador to work with my teacher, Santamparo's teachers, Emilio and Sina. Yes. And while I was down there, I was speaking with them and you, Emilio's father, Sina asked, to come to the jungle and he said how long would I need to be there to do this work that you know you're speaking of around um some work around healing my eyes right right and he said I need you to come for six weeks and I and I had been to the jungle before Mm. and I only went and I was like six weeks I wonder if I can pull that off Mm -hmm. and I asked two other women that had never been to the jungle who never worked with plant medicine to come with me. They could start their journey and their work. And two of them obliged and came different amount of times and in different um, lengths of times. Sorry, my dog's about to bark. Um, And it was interesting to me that I ended up, thank you, son. Um, I ended up down in the jungle. Um, I ended up um, down there for eight weeks. Hmm. And so much happened when I was in the jungle last summer. But the one thing I can remember is how good the family was with me that I was working with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how they held me how you know I had gotten really sick while I was in the jungle I caught something called dungue fever or dungue fever and you get it from mosquitoes and it's it's pretty brutal and somebody asked me they're like you know you've had a child would you have another child again or have dungue fever and I said I'd have another child. I said dengue fever was by far harder than having a child. Right. And I delivered my son naturally and he was he was a big he was a big baby and I went through a lot having him. Um 
so I had that on top of, you know, all, all the work with being with Dieta and just being in an environment that I'm not used to. Right. Um, we restrict ourselves from desire, which mm-hmm. is, you know, restrictions from social medias, uh, contact with our families, salt, sugar, sexual desires, all of it. Right, right. And then, and then to add the layer of getting sick while I'm mm-hmm. doing this deep, profound work was, it was almost too much. Right. Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, it's just very intense. And those of you who aren't familiar with some of the language that Jacqueline is speaking of, she's speaking of, of dieta, which means a very specific type of work with plants, uh, remedies, where uh, a cundadera or cundadero, a maestro, will prescribe to someone um, to work with very sacred plant medicines. And this is done in a very, like she mentioned, strict and and very clean um, environment, very restrictive as well. So, but it does very extremely deep work in the cellular, mental, spiritual levels. Um, so this is the, the language that she's speaking of. Those who are not familiar with some of the words she's um, talking about, I just wanted to um, be clear on that. And uh, thank you so much, Jacqueline, mm. for sharing that story. And um, yeah, and, and just, you know, for me, I always like to... Um, just empathize like wow you know stepping into that realm limited perception and then yes definitely feeling the love of that sacred indigenous community that family um and caring for you as you got the dengue fever uh dengue fever can kill it kills how many people a year i think three million people a year wow and you know, so that it's, it's literally Jacqueline is a walking miracle. <laughs> Came in, in her, in her path and, and just mentally, you know, spiritually, like you're a strong mama bear, you know, mm. it's fierceness and mm. It is that radical fierceness that has, you know, you here sharing your story um, and that radical fierceness that will continue you on your path. Uh, what, um, what would you say this vision of yours, you had mentioned to me previously that you are a visionary um, even though you have limited vision, you carry this visionary um, medicine with you, if you will. Would you mind expanding on that? Yeah. So with working with these sacred plant medicines and spending the time in the jungle, and um, I was actually putting plants in my eyes last year when I was there. Um and I've never been able to see the stars, but after that, I was able to see the stars. So mm. that was pretty. That was pretty remarkable. And um, so visionary. 
it's to me what I'm starting to see is when I look at people I don't see a man or a woman blue eyes brown eyes blonde hair you know uh red hair I look in their eyes and I can see their soul Mm. um and all the beauty that they are, even if they're a person, a person not operating in their highest, I can see that in them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can see the beauty in which they carry, despite and in spite all of their humanness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, in my dream space, I'm able to see things that I was never able to see before in regards to, like, just... It's super, like, I have super lucid dreamings that I always had. Yeah. But, like, my dream space is now opening up more where it's, like, it's hard to put into words what it means um, for me as a visionary, you know. And sometimes I'll just be with people and I can see things happening that aren't really happening mm-hmm. with the naked eye. But I can see certain things happening. Like, for example, I was walking and I seen, I was walking with my dog and I seen this family, they were riding their bikes. And I looked to my left and I seen this car like barreling towards them. And I shouted out to them, be careful, there's a car coming. Mm-hmm. the car in that moment came to a dead stop like they they stopped like somebody had forced the brakes on them wow. and what I had seen is that they were going to get hit had I not shouted out to these people on their bikes and to this person in their car at the same time mm-hmm. and this is this is an intersection where there's a lot of bad accidents that happen so mm-hmm. it's um yeah, I'm still trying to understand it and understand it, what it means. And as I lose more of my vision, I'm gaining more of my vision to see and different. I'm really careful to say this just because a lot of people get real funny when you start talking in these ways. Um, I'm beginning to be able to see in different dimensions. Right, right. And, you know, um, rather... And, and some people would call this a seer. So you know, you are, um, you know, blind in the physical, but yet uh, uh, being able to see within a a spiritual essence, a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it'll come in my dream space. Sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I'll be able to tune into a vision that, you know, is just coming through to me through spirit. And I fully believe in that. And I think, you know, my time that I had spent in the jungle last summer, um, I think there was a moment, and I, I almost can pinpoint to the exact moment of where I was having a complete, like, break from being sick and then just being in a dieta and really starting to feel the grief around going blind and really getting real with what that looked like and what that felt like. Um, I feel like I had like a complete um, 
what some people call an ego death, but for me, it was a death of who I used to be. Right, right. Like there was this huge death that had to happen for me to step into who I am now. And it was very painful physically, emotionally, and mentally. I, everything in me broke down. Right. You mm. know, and, and then the illness kicked in. So it was, it was, um, it's still, I look back at it and I'm just like, I'm so um, proud of myself for not giving up in those moments, even though I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And our teacher, Santamparo, ended up down in the jungle around the same time. And he kind of like, before he left, because he came and then he left. <laughs> and I was still there, still going strong. And he had said something to me before he left. And it was like that moment that you see on TV that like coaches given the, you know, the team that pep talk or uh, mm-hmm. your mentors like giving you those like words of wisdom or like when I don't know, like when <laughs> the hero hears that, like those words from their teacher and it's like, oh, yeah, I got this he said some things to me and it was literally just a sentence and I wrote it down inside some books that I've given away. And, um, it changed the rest of my experience there. And it's changed how I carry myself in general because I felt just so, so exhausted and so Mm -hmm. sad and so depressed and so many like, I just felt so defeated. Defeated, yeah. And often, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a bridge here. Often we feel that way as mothers, right? We feel so defeated, like, oh, I raised my voice at my kid today, or oh, I forgot their lunch, or I didn't clean their 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 soccer uniform and they're wearing a dirty uniform, or I forgot to pack their lunch, or I forgot them at a friend's house, or right, you know, all <laughs> the things that we can do as a mom, you know, or for me. Like when my son was nine years old, we were in Scotland and we were walking across the street and I looked both ways to see if there was cars coming unbeknownst to me. I didn't know I was blind or going blind. I didn't see the car and we got hit by a car and I beat myself up over that for years, years and years and years. And it's like, yeah, we get really defeated sometimes as, as parents, as mothers, as humans. And, um, in that moment, my teacher, Santamparo, just said something to me so simple. Just like the simplest little thing he said to me. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I am a strong woman. I mm-hmm. am a fierce mama bear. I, yeah. I, you know, I've survived so many things. And this is just going to be another chapter of my book. And, you know, six months later, I was back in the jungle. And that's when I met you. And he's, you know, his... I'm going to leave parts of the story out just, yeah. just, just because it's, um, it, it's important to protect the story. Um, cause I do not have their consent to share certain parts of the story and I want to honor that. But he said something to me, um, and he goes, you know, what you went through in the moment seemed hard last summer when you were here, he goes, but look at how much stronger you are because of it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes, it changed you forever. And it was a, like in the moment, it seemed like it was like you were completely defeated, but it, it just added to who you are as a person. And that meant a lot to me because I have a great amount of respect for him. 
Right. Because he walks with such um, discernment and reverence and humility Mm -hmm. that someone like that saying that to me really like it hits different than just anybody else speaking to me. I have such respect for him and some of my other teachers and elders. So it's. um, Mm. Yeah, you know, being in the jungle is a lot. And the center we go to is, um, you know, for some of the people who don't know, because you and I know each other and we've right. spent time in the jungle. So we know what we're talking about. They don't really know. We don't go to a westernized center. We go to no. a very traditional center. Um, last year when I arrived in the jungle in the summer of July 2021, they were still finishing the Maloka. They didn't have flushing toilets just built their first outdoor shower their previous center didn't have anything like that and they just had a well where you got water from to like wash yourself and um so the center has been you know slightly upgraded in the sense of like now Mm -hmm. they have flushing toilets and they have showers which super amazing (laughs) (laughs) um but they, they stand very firm in their traditional ways. And I value that because they don't bend to what the Westerners want. They stay to their teaching and their lineage, which I think in a world of where everybody's trying to impress the person who has the most money, they're not allowing that to get in the way of the work that they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they stay to the traditional foods. They stay to the traditional teachings. And um, there's value in that. Yes. And I mean, that's just so powerful to, again, I, I, I just can't get enough of saying like, you know, everybody, she experienced this with very considered blind. She is fully blind, you know, and this is like so powerful to overcome that death and that rebirthing process and in these circumstances in the jungle which is a very sacred um privileged you know dare i say privileged um walk and way of life to be you know in these conditions um and overcoming many things and and it's not just like the ego death or, or her blindness death or who she, you know, that death that we all go through. Um, and, but this is just on a, on a different level, you know, and as you were saying with the mother, um, having that, that guilt too, and leaving your, your son, uh, for, you know, maybe a second or third time. How many times have you been to the jungle? And when was the first time you left him? And how hard was that? Like as a mama bear, I know it's not easy to leave our babies. No, it's not. So um, the first time I ever went was, was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. And I, I went with my ex-husband and then I went in 2021 and then again in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, all three times my son was in like 11th grade or further past that. Um, he was older and growing up, he spent a lot of time away from me because his father and I 
did not continue a relationship after he was about two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like weekends, holidays, summer break, he would go and stay with his dad. So I can't say that it was easier, but it, it made it, um, I think, a little less traumatic with me right. going, you know, a little less traumatic for him. Um, as far as I know, I know that he's still like he misses me when I'm gone and he wants me to be here with him. But he also understands um, why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, another woman that had gone down with me had a younger child and she, you know, she had to leave him with his father for three weeks. And that was very difficult for her. And I'm right. going to say this with, um, I'm going to say this and it's, it's, it's taken me a while to get to this. The work that I do and I go and do down in the jungle isn't about me just being a mom. It's about right. my soul's purpose and an alignment and being a mother is one aspect of who I am. Mm, I love that you brought that up, you know, and you know, we are, a mother is, is many things and, and, uh, uh, being a mother, uh, to your child, uh, we have to understand that being a full mother, you know, stepping into, and I'm talking about the essence of, of the, of a sacred mother, of holding this energy of a mother, it is mothering yourself and, um, also, being able to mother another, um, also, you know, holding that mothering energy and essence to assist others as almost like a midwife, because we've been there, done that to help, you know, other, maybe we could call them, um, maybe use the term, the maidens mm-hmm. into ushering into these next phases of their lives. I, I know you that you have helped many uh, people, you know, not just your son, uh, but just having that essence of of the sacred feminine of the mother. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I've always looked at myself as like a bridge. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, one of my elders, Tall Shining Bear, gifted me my spirit name. I asked him, I petitioned him with Sema and asked him and two years later I got my spirit name Mm. you know COVID happened and then I was traveling and I was out of the country and and all of the things life and he gave me the name Ishkwande Zagi which represents or means um, lodge of love portal of love bridge to love and I find that I'm a doorway or a bridge to people so they can begin their journey on advocating for their own sovereignty, Mm -hmm. stepping into their own whatever it is that they need, whether it be healing or nurturing or loving or whatever it is that they need, because each person needs something different. Each person has a different concoction that will help them fall in line with their soul's purpose. Right. And there, you know, some of the the women that I've brought with me to the jungle, I'm very hands off, if that makes sense. Like sometimes 
people will bring a group down and be very hands-on. I'm very hands-off. I'm like, it's a very um, rustic <laughs> space. You know, you're going to kind of be on your own. There's not going to be a whole lot of dialogue as to what's happening. You're going to you're gonna have to do your own work. Right. Um, and especially because I'm down there doing my work, but there's so many things I don't know yet, but I don't want people to miss the opportunity to go and start their journey. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know all that there is to know, like some of my teachers and they, they don't even know all of it. Right. They know more than I do, but as I'm there with them, I'm learning from them and they're learning. That's the best part about motherhood is you get to, to watch another person evolve. Mm-hmm. And grow into their to themselves, like watching my son grow into who he's becoming, you know, right. and, and like having all of these ideas, what I thought he'd be. And then him like not being any of those things and being exactly who he needs to be. Just like when I work with other people and watching them grow into who they need to be. It's it's really beautiful to be able to watch that process. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, I I agree, you know, and um, there's many definitions of the mother and, um, and, and that just that, you know, being able to trust that even your child or somebody else that you're helping guide is they have it, they, 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 you can trust them. That's also being a mama bear. It's Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, they're going to learn, they're going to fall, they're going to, you know, be shown ways, be corrected in their own ways. And, and you can trust that, you know, it's, it's a, Mm -hmm. um, but, and that takes courage, you know, and strength for um, somebody to allow that to happen, just Mm -hmm. trust in spirit. Yeah. And, you know, I have um, um, a mom, She's not my biologic mom. She's my soul mom, um, Panoka, who I love and adore. And I walk the mm-hmm. red road with her. And she's, you know, the other day we were reminiscing about what my journey looked like when I first started and how long mm-hmm. I've been with her and working with her. And we were having a lot of really good laughs about, like, how silly I was when I first came to, to her and started my work and how she helped me re-remember my prayer and we've laughed a lot together and we've cried a lot and we've had some really tough lessons together. She's been very stern with me at moments and I felt like, you know, Oh, I'm in trouble, you know, or maybe she doesn't like me. And it wasn't that it was just, sometimes we need those tough moments with our, our parents or others to learn that, um, you know, what it is we need to learn. And I I don't like to put it in too many categories. There's always, you know, there's sometimes those lessons come in really gracefully and gently. And other times, you know, that mama has to be stern with the way she's teaching and it doesn't feel very fun or very comfortable or may feel like, you know, the person is picking on us or projecting at us or, you know, whatever it is that we're thinking in our mind. And it's really just all out of love. And, you know, 
with our unknowingness, we're, we're taking it personal and it's not personal. They're just trying to teach us and we're being stubborn or mm-hmm. getting in our own way or being triggered or not understanding it's a healthy boundary or what, what have you. Right. 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 And, and that's, that is a part of motherhood that I don't really think gets talked about is, you know, there's such a dynamic that we carry, you know, we love and we nurture, but we also teach and we learn but there's there's sometimes that that time when we have to come in and and be strong with our own children right and and, and teach them life lessons that aren't always easy and not the you know the the funnest medicine for them to take and so you know i've realized that medicine usually doesn't taste very good when you take it <laughs> so sometimes the message that i'm bringing isn't going to taste real great but then but what it's going to unlock is going to be really beautiful and magical for you beautiful how you have you know put that and that perspective and yeah I, I can definitely agree with that the especially like you know with the term mama bear care it's mama bear care isn't like this hovering bear you know it's it's a very safer terminology for me and you know creating this and having you be the first mama on here I I feel you know it feels right it feels in alignment and having us really reiterate or direct some of these messages and some of the definitions on what it is to be a mama what it is to be that feminine force um, it it is a force it's delicate but there is a strength to it Mm -hmm. it is soft but you know there can be some sharpness to it but in a very loving way you know it's all heart centered it's heart centered it's it's always heart centered it's never (laughs) to be I mean are there moms out there who are just uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's the word uh terrible people I don't even say terrible mothers just terrible people yes they exist there's narcissists there's abusers there's passive aggressive but um I think as a whole you know um there's there's something about mothers there's a reason why we're the portal between the the soul world the spiritual world and the physical world there's Mm -hmm. a reason why we are the portal for that because right. it comes all from love and we we are that we embody that and i i tell younger mothers and i tell you know other people i said i wasn't always the best mother that my son deserved but i'm yeah. growing into that and i'm always trying to do better for him uh-huh uh-huh that's yeah. at the very least that's how you do but sometimes that growing into being a better mother can feel sharper, rigid to him. Right, right, exactly. And, it, and it's not personal. It's just that's what I have to do to grow into a better person is sometimes we got to shave those sharp edges off with some beautiful sandpaper and it's going to be a little rough there for a while, but then it, it's this beautiful masterpiece when we're done. So growing is not always easy. I mean, when we're children and we're growing and our bones hurt, from the growing, it's painful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful process, but it's part of it. And like back to the mama bear, right? The fierceness that she has, but she also lets her cubs venture out yeah, into exactly. the world. 
and make mistakes and fall down the hill and eat the wrong berries and (laughs) do all the things that little cubs will do little mischievous cubbies but then she's you know oh beautiful cardinal just flew by um but there's also this like you can always come back to your mama right right exactly Mm. you know um I the and you know I just want to kind of like touch base on this if we have enough time is it's often talked about when we're on our healing journey you know we're healing from things in our childhood and um you know they talk about the mother wound or the father wound but I don't think they often talk about and it's often not talked about in great um loudness is all the beautiful things that happened when we were younger. Right. Mm-hmm. On the healing path, it's like, oh, I got to heal from this. I got to heal from this. But what are some of the things that you got from the matriarch? Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, what are some of the beautiful things? Like me, my grandmother was married and had 11 children. And I'm not sure how old my grandfather was when he passed away, but she still had nine children in the home when he passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. And she worked and put all of those kids through Catholic school and they all played sports. And she was a single mom of nine kids, nine children. Wow. You know, there's, there's strength there. There is strength there. You're right. And, like, she was a stern woman, but gentle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes to the term, you know, um, not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, not to throw out all the, the teachings when you're doing healing work, when somebody is on the path. And, you know, they just want to, like, let's just get rid of it all. You know, all of this pain, all this trauma. But, you know and that that term not don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is saying you know don't throw out the most important sacred parts that are part of you yeah you could cleanse the baby with the water and that dirty water it that needs to that's what gets cleared out but not the sacredness not that that loving part that was nourished not that part that you know like you were saying um the the parts that you that were gained out of that mm-hmm. knowledge out of that mm-hmm. wisdom from from that yeah mm-hmm. and you know speaking into like the healing and the the spiritual path and um i went through a crazy amount of trauma um and i'm not even going to begin to unpack it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this in this podcast because there's just so right. much um in my in my youth in my teenage years mm-hmm. and as i'm like on my healing journey and my spiritual path what i realized is also even though all that stuff was super freaking traumatic and mm-hmm. i look back at it and i'm like how on god's green earth did i ever survive any of that and looking back with a different perspective and a new uh-huh. set of eyes on the opposite end of it. And, you know, um, in my late teens and early 20s and early 30s, I suffered from many different forms of addiction. And what uh-huh. I've learned is 
that yes we you know we learn these things from our our family and our lineages but sometimes the traumas that we carry and mm-hmm. we heal are not only for us but they're for the seven generations back and the seven generations forward that we are that spark that right that explosion that's going to happen in the family line to change everything thereafter. So talking about our trauma when we've done our work and not allowing it to be a part of our story, but a part of our triumph and not looking at it as a, as a trauma anymore, but looking at it as a triumph. Like I went through these things, I've worked on them. I see them with clear eyes Right. And I, I understand and understand a lot better. And I've healed it instead of taking all of this baggage with me into every single relationship right. that I cultivate, whether it be a friendship, a romantic ship, whatever type of relationship that you have. Right. And, and learning from those things in a beauty way and not mm-hmm. feeling like you, that's just it. Yes, we're healing the generational trauma. We're also embodying, taking along with us the the strengths and the triumphs that our you know our ancestors have. But like, you got to have a balance, right? And I, yeah, I, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance in everything. You know, people could get so caught up in all of that, you know, and all of the and and create what is called like a, a da- downward spiral instead of seeing and and understanding that we're here to study ourselves we're here to understand that this is this is part of what we came in with you know and that seven generations healing healing seven generations that's just such a powerful statement it's it's also you know an indigenous teaching that we are all you know coming for those of you who have not came into that teaching that it is part of it it is part of why we're here to to emanate this healing this healing frequency and allowing you know this healing to vibrate throughout the cosmos throughout the collective throughout time and space you know as you heal and face your fears and trauma you give space you know putting that into the river um that river of collective consciousness and you know, you, you're adding to that. And, and what you bring, Jacqueline, you know, is this power and the strength, you know, that you're putting in that for the generations, for the collective. You know, I did this. You can do this, too. You know, I did this blind. And no matter what is your um, whatever it is that somebody's going through, you know, basically, if I can do this, you can do this, you know, and that's how every person needs to take ownership of their own path, um, their own strengths and being aware, of course, being aware of our weaknesses, but we can do this, you know, we are doing this and more and more people are creating the change they want to be, being the change they want to see and um, stepping into that. So beautifully thank you for sharing that yeah and to speak a little bit more into that don't bark sorry (laughs) (laughs) not you (laughs) my dog (laughs) um speaking a little bit more into that it's um 
really important like so many people are like the healing the healing the healing the healing the healing i gotta i gotta heal i gotta heal i gotta heal there's also time when we have to integrate Uh and then there's also a time for rest right and repose Mm -hmm. which means you go you do the work you Mm -hmm. come back you integrate that work into your life and that looks different for everybody and i'm not here to say what that's supposed to be or how that looks because it's completely different for each individual and it's not about tricks it's about creating a new world right Mm -hmm. or trying to bring back all these teachings to the quote-unquote matrix it's literally about weaving a new world then you need to rest and i know this because I was not giving me myself the space to rest and repose. Mm-hmm. And I was running on fumes from all of this work, all of this work. And I finally was like, I hit a brick wall and I was like, I am exhausted. I am so tired when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was forced to sit down and relax. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when that happened is when I went to the jungle because she's like, you have been going at this for many years, very <laughs> like headstrong and like, I'm doing this work, I'm doing this work and just been nonstop for the last, like I went, I went really deep with my work from 2017 until 2022, mm-hmm. you know, from sitting in spirit lodges to um, working with planting and meditations going and just just being super about my healing and I wasn't resting Mm -hmm. and the last time I was in the jungle when I sat with the medicine a lot of the time she was having me just sleep (laughs) yeah I'm like what is this about she's like you need to rest and you won't do it so I'm gonna force you to do it I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) so that's you know that falls in line with the mama bear care like we also have to remember it's really good to sit in circles and speak to our therapist and um, meditation and mindfulness and seva, which seva for some people who don't know what that means, it's um, to be of service, to go and do things. And I don't like really calling it charity work. I like calling it seva because that feels like a, um, a word that I'm more in alignment with. It's you know, where you go and do selfless service. You're not doing it to be propped up. You're not doing it to put a picture on social media. You're literally just to be of service. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of our healing too, is going out into the world and um, just giving of ourselves so freely. But there are moments when you have to just turn the world off and rest and repose. And we forget that. And my big space that I love to go and do that at is the ocean, Mama Ocean. Mm, mm-hmm. I'll go and take, I, I don't take a week. Most people would take a week. I'm like, I'm going to go for a month. And I go <laughs> to the ocean and I swim in the ocean and I lay and sunbathe and read books and drink iced coffees. And sometimes I'll surf depending on what beach I'm at mm-hmm. or what part of the, you know, if I'm in North America or South America. Um and I sleep late and I go to bed early and my biggest worry for the day is what am I having for dinner? Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That is the radical self-care that I'm talking about, you know, and that's, that does sound very, you know, um, that mama bear like to take that much time 
Oh. <laughs> it's and a long time. Just, that's a lot of time. A lot of people can't take that much time. No, but... and, and, and I am aware of that. But there was yeah. there, there was like I don't know, fifteen to about seventeen years where I wasn't taking any time, not even a hot bath once a week. Right, right. So, and so now it's just like <laughs> you can do it. But you know how amazing that you can you know allow that space to create that you know that opening for yourself. You know. And again, you know, if you can create that, you're also putting this energy, you know, out there that other people can create this too. Other people can take that time off, you know, eventually, hopefully. Yeah, even um, if it's like a couple of days, a week, mm-hmm. two weeks, like it's it's different for everybody. And the reason why I take because usually I travel pretty far. So it's like, oh, I'm not going for a week. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to rent a place for a month than two weeks. You spend the same amount of money. So I'm like, okay. Well, and I you guess- really get to take in the culture that way. You really get to get to know yourself, you know, mm-hmm. in these other areas and places like that. So, I mean, again, everybody blind doing all of this. Like, let's, let's, yeah, <laughs> they're like doing all of that. Plus on top of that, that is a superpower you are absolutely incredible. And, you know, uh, we did discuss uh, doing either a monthly or biweekly uh, podcast with us, um, picking up different topics. I would love to continue this conversation um, in a different, another episode, if you're open and, and available for that, Jacqueline. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. Because so. I would like to, to speak into like, the things that I experienced traveling as a blind person and the people I meet along the way and the cultures and the food and the, and, you know, like I would love to, to speak more into that in a future um, conversation because there's so much richness in that yeah, um, that and... I want to share with people in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. And just, you know, having limited sense or having one of your senses diminished and diminished into blindness and other senses you had mentioned come online you know more and so I would love to hear more about that the food and you know the vibrancy of how you view the world Mm. Hmm. yeah so thank you so much everybody for tuning into this episode I'm going to um complete this with a quote that I I heard actually from an elder um, and her name is Anahia 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 and I, I put this on Mama Bear Care it's a quote um, and here it is it goes um, a prayer see them dance in grace and beauty mothers grandmothers sisters aunties daughters all women of nation, women of all the nations, you are the strength, you are the force, you are the healing of the nations. That is the prayer. Mm. And that is what we will be completing this podcast on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I am so honored to have you on here, Jacqueline, as my first interview and first of many within this series of uh, Mama J and Mama Bear Care. My name is Heather Aguilera, and this is Jacqueline Ann. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao. (laughs) Ciao.